Welcome to Corporate Caffeine. I'm Dacia Coffey. As a chief marketing officer, speaker, author, copywriter, and three-time entrepreneur, I've learned a thing or two about influence and impact in the business world. So I want to share with you what I've learned about how to be heard, be seen, and be successful, and introduce you to the people I've met along the way who learned how to unlock their potential. Welcome to Corporate Caffeine. Today, Kyle and I welcome Jenny Sivy to the program. Now, she is the consummate professional and is amazing at sales and marketing, but she also has a very analytical engineering brain. Basically, she's been able to carve out a really successful career in corporate America, but she is not defined by her role or by what they say. Instead, she has learned to follow her curiosity in order to drive amazing value And on top of that, that knack for following her curiosity has really, really shown up in her personal life. And we dive back and forth between what does it look like when curiosity helps you live a rich, exciting, successful life? This is a lot of fun. Let's dive in. Jenny Sivy, welcome to Corporate Caffeine. We're super, super glad to have you on today. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So it's funny, the conversation's already going in an interesting direction because nobody, the audience can't hear it off, but we've already been talking about cars and rebuilds and all sorts of interesting things, which I think is actually going to be a perfect prelude to this conversation because you are the best, most interesting contradiction of curious and technical and brilliant. And so I'm super excited to just follow curiosity around your curiosity. Well, I am too, because I've only met you in a business atmosphere and I already heard about an old car you used to drive. Trans Am. Yeah. A farm in Georgia. Um, (laughs) uh, Rock climbing or climbing in general is a hobby. I'm like, what's okay. What else is there? Should we dig deeper? Yes. (laughs) Definitely. So I guess we'll start, why don't we start on the boring side, a little bit on the career side, but then I want to back it up because I don't, I think we need to give context to how interesting and diverse your interests are. So like tell everybody a little bit about what you do and kind of, you know, what your education, your background has been so they can hear the technical side of Jenny. So I, my degree is in physics. I followed my father's footsteps into physics. Um, to be honest, I didn't love school. Like I like science a lot more now that I'm not being graded on it. Interesting. But uh, you know, I got my physics degree. I got an MBA from University of Dallas, and then um, and during that time, I was working at Titus, which is kind of where we met. Yep. Um, I started as a product manager. Actually, I started as an application engineer, and I was product manager. I was product manager for the longest time, and then marketing. I did regional sales. I did almost everything except for like the actual engineering positions, design engineering. But I found that I really liked the mix of technical and um, sales and market. Like I've just, I see it as I work at like the Venn diagram where the intersection is sales, marketing, technology, and I'm just like right in the center. And I've always had the ability to kind of do what I want as long as it advanced the company. And, you know, and I did the stuff that I needed to do for my job. But I, I got to do like M&A for a couple companies when I was with them. Amazing. And yeah, I just got to see into other companies how other people did things. I got to talk with, you know, CEOs and people at other companies. So I got this just really interesting mix of things. Um, And so I did that in various positions within Titus, um, Penberry, Johnson Controls after they bought us. 
for many years, and right now I'm with Norman S. Wright, which is a California-based, um, very large manufacturer's rep. Um, we've got offices, I don't know if I could say all the actual locations, but um, Nevada, Hawaii, California, Colorado, and who am I missing? Utah. And so we've got location in uh, Guam. So locations all over. Uh, a broad product line, which is, is interesting because when I left Johnson Controls, I was mostly doing software. I still had marketing and some product stuff, but it was mostly software. And I realized that I kind of got away from the product side, which I find very interesting. I spent a lot of, probably three, five years maybe at Titus doing a weekly podcast about product and technology. Way before podcasts were cool. <laughs> Way. Yeah. Talk about seeing into the future. I mean, this was a long time ago. And, you know, I had to, it was so, like, I had no idea it would take off. And it's, it took off like crazy. I mean, within the industry, right? We're not like cat video famous or anything. But, right. like, in our industry, I think there's 330,000 views of the Psychrometrics one. It's like yes. insane. Oh, my God. Like, it's yes. really insane. But I, I go see people when I call in engineers and stuff. And they're like, you're, they'd recognize my voice. And they're like, you're the person from the podcast. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we love those. So, how many podcasts did you do in? I did. It's somewhere around 250, maybe, oh, wow. maybe 300, not quite. Where did you find all your guests? So these were all, they're kind of TED Talk, not TED Talk, sorry, um, Can Academy style stuff. So, okay. And I kind of got this. I remember thinking um, when I st got the idea for this, you know, like at the time, this was, I think I started in 2012 or 13. At the time, you know, video was p becoming popular, but it wasn't kind of like it is today. But it was kind of this thing where I was like, I was cooking or something, and it's like, separate the butter. I'm like, well, I guess I'll put it over there. Like, I, I don't know what separate the butter means. I, I went and like Googled it, <laughs> which take me to a YouTube video. Yep. And that's, I'm like, that's how I learned separate the butter. And I'm like, you know what? There are so many people in our industry, in the HVAC industry, where they might be two or three years out of school. And now they've been there a little too long to go and maybe ask a superior, like, what's a fan box? Or what's the difference between this and that? And so I started these videos, and they were just one topic. And if I started writing it, and it turned into, like, I had to lead into it, then it turned into two or three topics. And they were, like, a huge hit. I mean, it's crazy. I, I added it up that there's... There's like a million total views, 1.2 million or something like that. It's, like, insane, oh, right? Amazing. This is the HVAC industry. Yes. So why'd you quit? I quit. I just didn't have time. I mean, oh. it just became when I got onto the software side, I really didn't have time to to do them. I mean, they. I mean, y'all know it takes some time to yeah. put that stuff together and edit it. And and so I was saying they're like Khan Academy. So I would talk about something. And I would sketch it, and it was very much like my father would do. And I'd ask him questions in school, like you know, I need help with this thing, and he would draw this thing out for me. And you know, it's not like masterpieces, but they were like they got the the message across. And so that's, that's what they do. And so with Norman Wright, I started a series there because now I have this much expanded product line and I'm doing the same thing. I, the only difference is I actually video myself doing the intros. And this is a thing I started a couple of years ago. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to get comfortable with video because I hate it. I, I was the person like, yeah. I'm going to put a one second, Hey, walking into this cool restaurant it took me like five takes because I didn't like any of them. And then I'm just the person like walking in five times. I like, you know, I just need to get comfortable with video. I had to make the same leap. Like we were talking about live stream yeah. and Whatever. I wouldn't even know. Seriously. I mean, there were years where I would not even post a social media post, even like once every two weeks because I would overthink it and I would type it and I would delete it and I would take a selfie and I'd be like, that's stupid. Who wants to see my face? And just 
round and round and round. And the live stream was the crossover where I just made a commitment. I am going to do this. I do not care if I sound stupid. Nobody's watching yet anyways. <laughs> but I mean, I had to just make the leap, but it's painful. It's, it is so hard. So I actually started with TikTok. So I was like, I'm just right. I'm just going to do random things. I love TikTok. your TikToks, so by the, the way. TikTok ended up moving towards STEM, like everything in my life eventually does. But it, <laughs> you know, some of it was just videos like, is this normal? You know, this happened or whatever. But yeah, I haven't moved into lives yet. I, I need to be able to edit rewind, cut. See, and I need to get there. I have not done the TikToks. I have not started doing like the more orchestrated, polished stuff. I'm just still like, whatever, I'm out there. Well, oh, except for Kyle editing yeah. me, thank God. <laughs> I'm absolutely petrified, like being on camera, microphone and everything. And then she's like, you've got to join me. I can't like think of questions for all of a sudden they are lasting an hour and an hour and a half. And I'm like, we're just now getting started in this. And after a few people I sat down with and started talking, I was like, oh, okay, just ask my own questions. I don't know much about marketing like she does. I, that's not why I'm here. You know, just ask the normal things that everyone else is wondering that try to bridge that gap, you know? Yeah, yeah marketers are gonna know what you guys are talking about. Average Joe, no, not necessarily. But um, I'm enjoying it so far. Like yeah. the last few it's we've fun. done, it hadn't been released. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm starting to find a flow. Yes. I think so. <laughs> no, I agree totally. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, looking back to your early podcasts, I mean, I pointed to those so many times um, for people to just, just to tell people don't overthink it. It's a little bit what you're talking about too, Kyle, about just bring what you're thinking, bring your natural. And that was just you going hey, I see the gap where engineers go through this crazy test and they get the initials after their name and they get their PE and they don't, they didn't learn what they need yeah. for their future jobs. Like all of that comes from on the job training, but once you're not new, where else do you go? And you know, and you just filled the gap and just decided, oh, I know how to, I knew how to help these folks. And I mean, and they went and they still, I mean, they still perform crazy. They still there do all it. these it, old it's, videos. It's crazy to me. I look at, cause I only watch them once. Like I watch, I do it. I, right. I, I, I actually draw them and then I voice over cause I can't draw as fast as I can talk. And so, and then I, so I listen to it as I kind of edit through it. And then I, like create the movie, listen to once, and I like never listen to it again. Like I hate listening to myself talk, and so I never listen to it again. Uh, so and even like with the TikToks, I watch them once. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I, I think it will be fun it. to go back and listen to them after we've done this a while, as long as it yeah. lasts. But um, yeah, right now I haven't listened to a single one back besides editing. Yeah, I mean, I I listen to them and I try to in order to get better but I do get fatigue from my voice. And then I'm running a track in my head, like a couple of tracks in my head. So I'm listening and then I'm irritated with what I'm hearing. And then I'm saying, I don't remember everything perfectly. So then I'm like, God, I hope I ask this or wait, why did I just say that? Or what's coming next? And then, <laughs> so it's a little like, sometimes it's surprising and sometimes I'm learning something and sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, we did that. All right. We did. But it's weird. Yeah. It's hard to listen to. It's hard for me to get through an entire episode. But yeah. it's, it's harder, like, if someone tells me, like, go show that thing. Like, if my boss is today or you Keith, right? He's yes. like, show, show them that video. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to myself <laughs> on a video or even audio in front of people. That's, like, even worse. Yes. That has happened for me recently where a couple 
um, speaking engagements, they decide to play my reel as my introduction. Yeah. And I'm right there. I'm like, oh, this is so awkward. (laughs) It's just so weird. And you know what's weird is like I love presenting. And I know that that's exactly what I sound and look like, like in person. But for some reason to like have to hear it back and see it is so you're like yeah. no don't make me watch it oh, we're our own best critics <laughs> agreed yeah. i do think though that your humility and your realness is what's endearing and appealing about you as a speaker and somebody on social media as well because I'm, i've gotten to see you present and teach and people love you and i remember we did an ad campaign with that as the impetus where we did this celebrity engineer yep. type of campaign jenny was like no, no, I do not need my face on an ad. You will not put me in all these magazines. We were like, uh, gorgeous female engineer, smart. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. We will be doing It's, just, it's like so uncomfortable, right? It is. But, you know, I mean, they are effective because, you know, I mean, you do have that realness to you, which has been awesome. So uh, why physics? To go back to the yeah, beginning so, of this, besides so, your dad, or was that such I mean, an influence? My dad was a huge influence on me. I mean, I think like you probably, if you watch a lot of my videos, you'll hear me talk about that or just how, you know, I came up with the idea of kind of drawing this concept out because that's what my dad taught me. You know, my father encouraged us to do whatever we wanted. I mean, my my parents were traditional. My dad was an engineer. He had his degree in physics. My mother was a stay-at-home mom with me and my sister. Um, But he encouraged us. You can do whatever you want. He definitely pushed pushed us towards sciences. But even like with my car, I, when I turned 16, actually my grandfather had just passed before, like two weeks before. And so you know, my birthday got kind of pushed out a little, my, my birthday celebration got pushed out a little bit. And my mom was like, get, I want to get her this car. They had found this Trans Am. And my dad, who I grew up hearing stories about how crazy he used to drive and race cars and this and that, and the accidents he had was like, she doesn't need that car. And my mother's like, no, you know, it's, it's a hard time. The grandfather passed, and, you know, just get her this car. And so they went and got me this car. And, like, it really did change me. I mean, like, I was really shy and quiet in, in all through high school, like, in, you know, all through school. And then I kind of got this car, and it's kind of like this thing. But he was like, you have to, we have to work out together. So it needed, it was always a fixer-upper. Like, we need to fix it up. We rebuilt it. Once I had a little oil situation, we'll call, or lack of oil situation. Uh, so we had to I've rebuild been there. it again. <laughs> been there, unfortunately. Yeah. It's so, but I spent a lot of time working on this with my dad and, you know, learning cars. And, right, those cars were completely mechanical. You could go in yeah. and you, you could go in and fix them like you can't today. And we spent a lot of time just working on cars. And I kind of gravitated towards the things he did and, you know, his degrees in physics. And, and I almost wonder, like, I have a cousin, her degree is in physics. She's actually got her um, master's in physics and then, like, a doctorate in linguistics. But physics apparently is somehow running wow. in the family. So your sister? My uh, cousin. No, no, what about uh, your my sister? sister? My sister actually considered it, and she ended up going with, like, e-commerce. Oh, okay. She is a super smart marketer and smart cookie, well. too. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I knew that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So, but I mean, it's interesting that you're talking about you even like science more now because it's definitely one of the things that you love to dive into. So like talk about like, what is it about science or what types of science, like what type of questions just catch your attention? You know, I think that 
like it's everything. Like the last couple of books I read were about chemistry. I like the way science, a lot of the stuff I read is about how science is in real life. So the chemistry book was, is like it's elemental and it talks about the different elements and how they affect our day to day or how they affected history as they, you know, through time. Um, I read a lot of that. I'm kind of all over the place. I, I'm always, I read a book called Gut and it talks about microbiome. And I'm like, oh, this is mm. the most amazing stuff. Like, oh. And I'm telling my husband stuff. I'm like, don't you think this is fascinating? And he's looking at me like, no, not, not <laughs> Like he's an engineer, but he's like, no, I don't really think the microbiome is that awesome. Like, yeah. right? I don't know why we're talking about this. And so and I think that's part of the reason I do TikToks, though, because he's like, I, yeah, you need to go tell someone else that. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm going to go tell my people. I'll go <laughs> tell a half a million people tomorrow. It's yeah. not going to be you. They want to hear it. Yeah. No. <laughs> He'll say something, and, or I'll say something. He's like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, well, if you watch my TikToks, you would know these things. Yes. Yeah. I've got to give uh, our son, Cole, that book that you're talking about. He's just discovered that he thinks chemistry is easy. And he's surprised yeah. that other people don't think yeah. so. So I'm definitely getting that book yeah. for him. That's what he's getting a degree in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and, and so I, like I'm kind of all over the place with the stuff. You know, that's why I like my blog and all is Jenny Geeks Out, because sometimes it's just yeah. completely random. But that, you know, when I talk to kids about STEM, which I haven't really done since COVID, but like that's what really catches them is that you need an engineer to make this chair. You need an engineer to do this, right? My sister and I had the um, soap and candle company, Pig and Peacock, and that's chemistry. We, you know, you take oils and water and you mix it and make lotion. And these kids, I just had a video of that. And, you know, you see like this clear thing and this clear thing, you mix them together and it turns white and it, like it's lotion. And they were like, you can make lotion. I'm like, you know, like yeah. it's everywhere. And it's, it's just day to day. Like all technology and all science isn't like, space and stuff right there there's so many ways to get interested in it but i think you have to connect to it on like a, just a everyday basis especially at, at like kids level because at that time you're learning things that you don't ever think you're going to use yes and then to realize that you know well you needed to know that to make this chair or something like that it's huge you know and it just unlocks the opportunity that there's so much depth and so much humanity and so many interesting things behind every single item, yeah. every single process we take for granted. You know, I mean, that's one of the things I love about working with clients, you know, like the companies you've been with or anything, because it's like all of the amazing learnings that have had to take place over decades and even hundreds of years in order for us to turn on clean water yep. or for us to be in a comfortable room at a certain temperature or the lighting to make us look good or for us to talk to half yep. a million people on social media. I mean, it's so exciting. It's all this invisible intelligence happening just yep. constantly behind us. And it's crazy. Like right now I'm really into like 3D modeling and just um, virtual reality or, or augmented reality really. Like how is that like it's it's been around for a while, but I, I feel like we're so close to something with it, like it becoming yeah. more mainstream. And so I've been playing with the software tool is actually called Blender. And uh, yep. so I, you know, every night I'll do like a tutorial, I'll learn a little thing, like I'm horrible at it. And I'm also trying to like, justify how I need a 3D printer. <laughs> yeah, <I> was, <laughs> Which are so cool. I, yeah. I mean, everyone's going to have one someday. I should just get mine now. But, <laughs> so I'm kind of doing that. And then it kind of, you know, I take that. I'm like, oh, say, so I can take that thing. And so right now I'm doing Instagram filters. Like I'm playing around with Spark AR and how to 
do filters and walk around stuff. So, but I, I like that's someone's job. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yep. Like there are kids who could grow up today and go, you know what? I want to make virtual reality dinosaurs at Google. Right? Like that's someone did that. That's their job. Yeah. That may not be all their job. It's that's someone's job. Right. Like that wasn't an opportunity when I was going to school. No. And it is interesting where it's going to go. It's like we put all these ideas out there, but the dots aren't connected yet. And you're just going, all right, what about this metaverse? What about whatever's going on? I was going to talk about, though, I go down these rabbit holes now on YouTube and podcasts that I would have never done 10 years ago. <laughs> Neuroscience, all these things where I'm like, oh, I'm so intrigued by this. The bad thing about it is now I think I know a decent amount about it, which I don't, you know. <laughs> But you will validate. I mean, I appreciate it because you'll, when he talked about going down the rabbit hole, he will go, okay, well, they say that. Well, what about the contrarians over here? And then yeah. what's really happening? And what's the science behind that? And okay, you know, so I mean, you'll really wade in to yeah, the messiness. Like you won't just take something at face value because they sounded smart. And so it is interesting, you know, because you'll take the time to anchor to what your opinion is about something, yeah, which, well, which, then I'll I, go which appeals first, to me. I'll get an opposite opinion on it if there is one and just try to hear it from both sides if I don't know anything about the topic. But I can relate to your husband yeah. every so often. He's so down the rabbit hole and I'm like, this again? <laughs> Haven't you been talking about this for weeks? Pretty sure we covered yeah. this ground. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's good. I'm like, I don't, I don't have that or I don't have the brain capacity for that lately. <laughs> So, you know, one thing that you were talking about and, you know, talk for you when you're talking about the um, blender and, you know, just there's kind of a convergence mm -hmm. of technologies, too, which is very, yeah. very exciting. And they are exploding in science, the convergence of science and technology. And really, there's a book. Have you ever read it called uh, it's called The Future is Faster Than You Think? I think I have it, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, you're going to enjoy it. But oh my goodness, like all of this amazing stuff. And it is exactly at that center point of practical application yeah. of technology and science and where we're going to take it. It's incredible, but it is practical. I mean, it's the world we live in or in the world we're creating right now. Yeah, and I think, so in an HVAC and construction in general is, we don't tend to jump out there and grab the new technologies. And, you know, this is somewhere that augmented reality is, is probably, you know, ripe for. And we're starting to see stuff pop up in it. But I've been kind of looking at that, like, what, what could we do? How could we make things better for our customers or our employees even? Like, how do, how do I take this, these videos I'm doing and turn them into something where I could stand in front of someone with a virtual object and talk about it. Right? Yeah. There's so many cool things. Yeah. Like when I found out that my iPhone had LiDAR, I'm like just scanning <laughs> random things and putting it, I'm like, how can I use this? I'm going to find it. Well, if you're interested before you leave today, we'll have to put the Quest headset on you and show you some okay. of the stuff one of our clients is doing because yeah. they're applying it. They're in infrastructure and they're applying it to training and factory tours and all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff. But <laughs> yeah. I, I try not to do it in public because I'm pretty sure they're going to videotape me you know, swiping yeah. at the air and then post it yeah. on social media. Yeah, if they're, they're figuring out a way to implement it in training and product acknowledgement, all those type of things. I know you guys could oh. with HVAC. 
I mean. Yeah, I, I think there's so many opportunities and lots of companies are kind of starting to look at it. It's, it's not mainstream yet, but I, like I just look at all this stuff and I found out we were driving to Georgia about a month ago, maybe two months ago now, but we were driving there and I found out, so first of all, that Canon makes a lens that does 180 um, fisheye so you can make VR movies. So cool. I'm like, okay, oh. first I'll need that. <laughs> And then I found that you could put that on like the Oculus. And I'm like, honey, did you bring the Oculus to the farm? Because I'm just going to make stuff and put them. So And he cool. did it. So I was like, oh, I need to remember to go back to that. But I was like, oh, you could just make your own virtual reality movies. Like, like those are just... Yeah. Yes. In people's hands now. And I'm going to place, I'm going to cast a vote for you getting your 3D printer. Because if you think back to, you know, you've had consumer product stores and, you know, you've done that. I have no doubt that you will figure out something to build and sell. <laughs> Just playing around where somebody goes, Ooh, I'd buy one of those. Yeah, I have no idea what I would do with it. Every now and then you're like, Oh, we need this weird random part. If I had a printer, I could build that thing. But I don't know. Yeah. I do have like a, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but I, I did, there was a Kickstarter at the time where it's a pen that draws 3D stuff, like it, it extrudes the plastic. Turns out I can't draw in 3D any better than I can in 2D, but <laughs> it was fun. I bet it is fun. I think I've seen something like that, but I don't know if it was it's, real. It's like the three doodler or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. I totally have that. And oh, so, I still so can't fun. draw, so. Okay, so, but then you like to be physical. Like you, you were telling us earlier, you rock climb yes. over your lunch breaks. Yeah. Okay. How'd you get into that? Yeah. It's something I always wanted to do. And for some reason, I just never did a couple of vacations like to Costa Rica. We did rappelling or canyoning oh. and I love jumping off stuff. So I'm like, I mean, <laughs> of course you do. That's, that's the easier everyone? part than like getting there, but that I've just something I always wanted to do. And then, uh, I don't know, I think it's probably been four or five years now, just over the Christmas holiday. I'm like, I'm just going to go and rock climb. And like, I love it ever since I've gone um, I don't know, three, four, five times a week. So what do you think it is about it? You know, I like that. I mean, it's physical. It's a good workout, but it's, it's also very mental. Like, like the, the people, when you don't rock climb, you're like, well, you have to be really strong in your upper body or whatever. And they, like, that's not it at all. I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't hurt definitely, but right. It, it's more of thinking your way through the path that, you know, they're called problems and that's exactly how you approach it. Um, you want to find the best foothold, handhold, you have to think about, you know, when you're climbing, you kind of want to make this triangle, like you need three points on the wall and they can't all be in a line, right? Stuff like that. So you, you do that. So, and it's, it's very much like some of the harder ones you go, you start climbing and you can't do that move and you can't do that move. And I found 90% of the time I watch someone else, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to stand up. Like, oh, okay. I hadn't thought of that. But then you realize you can't and you're like, okay, why can't I? Where's my body weight? What I need to move? And you, you kind of solve the problem. And so I, I really enjoy that it, it is very mental. I mean, sometimes when I travel and I'll come back, I'll fly back into town and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go rock climbing like right now. And I realize that I can't climb very well because I'm just like mentally fatigued from yeah. uh, oh, wow. the day and the travel and all the stuff. And I just can't climb well. And it's because I just really can't think my way through these problems. So on these indoor courses, do they change them very often to yeah. where you're not doing the same thing? Yeah. So the, I go to Summit, which is like right by my house. And so, and they change about yeah. once a month. 
So it, it's oh, nice. Okay. The first couple of times I'm like, oh, I almost had that and now it's gone. And it's really frustrating. And then sometimes you're like, I wish they'd just take that one and make me go away. <laughs> but it, it changes enough that you get to um, get new things about yeah, monthly. I've, I've gone a couple of times indoors. And one thing I realized was like, get close to that wall. Oh my gosh, it's so much easier on your body. You don't have to use these muscles and yeah. try to power your way through everything. And once I learned to stick to that wall, I was all right. Yeah. Or better. I mean, that's so interesting. There's so many lessons, like even just how you're talking about it. I never even thought about it being like a problem solving wall because, you know, I've rock climbed a couple times, just super elementary paths and same thing. Learn to get close to the wall, learn to use my existing strengths, which are my legs and not my arms. But, you know, listening to you talk, I mean, so many times I'm thinking I don't have good finger grip or I don't you know, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't know how to, and not thinking, okay, well, how would I, or what's a different way to go about it? But man, ringing that bell, yeah. so satisfying. I have, a, <laughs> I have a blog post, maybe a couple that are like lessons from life I learned from rock climbing. And they're just like that. Like sometimes it's like, you just need to stand up. Like you need to go for it. Yeah. Right? And, and the, the, the other lesson is sometimes you can't just stand up. Like, and it's okay. You, that's the thing you need to work on. Or, you know, balance. And sometimes you have to let go of one thing to reach another thing, right? When I first started, I'm like, I got this death grip on this thing that's really good, but that one's like three inches out of the way. I, something, something has to happen here. And like, I can't, if I can't reach it, sometimes you have to go for it. And I've, I do feel that rock climbing, like, I really like it for that reason, is it's, it's very, you watch people and sometimes it's really easy for them and you get up and it's really hard. And that's just the thing you need to work on next. Yeah. 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 There is a lot of depth to what you just said in regards to sometimes you have to let go of one thing in order to reach and achieve or grab onto another one. Yeah. Holy cow. We could impact that one. Wow. And that's really hard, right? Yes. In in real life on other things and your your career, all this stuff. Like it's, it's really hard, but even just in rock climbing, you're kind of like, okay, I'm two inches away. And I know that if I could just straighten my leg and reach for that thing, yeah, like it's right there. But you're like, oh, you, oh my gosh. Have you watched a documentary, Free Solo, with Alex? Oh yeah. My, oh. That's, I could never do that. No. Just, my, the bottom of my feet were sweating. I was watching it going. <laughs> I was so nervous for him. I'm like, well, I kind of know the outcome of this because yeah. I've seen him in an interview afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so nerve-wracking. Yeah. I mean, and so nervous. It was like six hours. I can't even imagine. No. Like, uh-uh. yeah. And all the prep, all the memorization, all the problem-solving leading up to that. No chance yeah. for failure. Amazing. Yeah. You know, everything we do in life, there's room for failure. That's how we learn. That's one sport. There's no room for it. No. No. Exactly. So have you had any big pivot moments where you know you had to let go of something or you did fall or something, whether it's in career or personal, where you're like that, what, that changed things for me? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I don't know right off. I, I've been fairly, I feel like I've been very lucky in my career to do kind of whatever I want. Um, but, you know, I was with Titus slash now Johnson Controls for like 25 years. And I I did a lot of different roles there and I got to do a lot of stuff. But taking that step out of there, you know, like 25 years is a long time. It's kind of unheard of in a lot of people today. And taking that step to come over to Norman Wright was was kind of big. You know, I was in this perfect little area where I knew all the people, all the people I needed to deal with. You know, going to Norman Wright, 
the product that I am very familiar with is like this little segment of it and there's all this other and I'm like, oh, now I'm making these videos. I'm like, I have to go learn like all these other products. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was kind of like it was such a big thing. Like it just seemed so big. Yeah. You know? No, that is huge though. So what was the personal trigger or lever that made you go, yeah, but what's on the other side yeah, what is I, more appealing than staying here, staying I, comfortable? What I really like is that I really feel like I could like enact change and help people. And not that I couldn't do that in the previous role, but, you know, I mean, Johnson Controls is a big corporation, you know, there's budgets and all those things. Not that we don't have that at Norman Wright, but it's just, it's so much harder to go, you know what, you have this one problem and I can fix it and it'll affect everyone in sales or whatever. And so I feel like, you know, even like the marketing, right, everybody's ready for the new site and the new stuff, or even beyond the website, people are like, oh, I, I just needed a flyer so I go win this job. And I could literally create a flyer, hand it to them, and they could go win a project, right? Yes. And it, it, it's kind of instant feedback. It's kind of yeah. nice knowing that I could, I could really affect some, some things in a very positive way. I love that. That's definitely a downfall of uh, big corporations is what you think might take a yes or no answer takes four months yeah. to get. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm behind the eight ball. Let's do this. Yeah. You know, on that note with big corporations, you know, your statement about I was lucky to be able to do kind of do whatever you wanted to do. That is very unusual also, not just the longevity that you had, but it's also a very unusual thing to be able to say in a corporate environment. So what do you think you were doing right or you figured out or, you know, I mean, what was the nuance about you and the situations that you were in? Because that's also a lot of consistency in that statement. It's not like, oh, I had yeah. one or two roles. I mean, that really ended up being a defining thing where people gave you a lot of space to yeah. change things, which is not necessarily the given. So, you know, I think so. I started with Titus and I don't know exactly at the time we were like maybe 30, 40 people. And even though we were part of a big holding company, we were like this little small company inside of it. And because of that, you could kind of do stuff and people, if you were like, this thing you're doing looks really complicated. Can I find a better way? No one was gonna be like, no, that, you know, stay in your lane. And so I, the first thing I really did is I just started playing around with access. And, and so I love data and all that. And we were doing everything in Excel. And so if you wanted to look something up, you know, there's 50, 100,000 Excel sheets. And it, it was like information, but not data. And so I'm like, I'm gonna find a way to put this into access so we can use it as a database. You type it all in, it's all data, it's searchable and all that. And so I did that for my application engineering, like the group I was in. And people were like, well, you know, it's pretty much not any different. Like I'm typing it here, or I'm typing it in Excel, so fine. They switched over, we hired a temp to dump like a year's worth of stuff in it. And then I did something with the pricing group because they did the same thing, everything was in Excel. And I'm like, well, if I put it in here, then we can look at data. And so they were like, fine, you know, it made it easier for her, easy to get reports. And so then I kind of just, you know, and it's probably the way I was raised. Like, I would be like, hey, I did this thing, and I think it will help you. And no one ever was like, no, you know, stick with your thing. You know, you're in application engineering. People are just like, 
oh, great, that, that's helpful. And you, know, you have to explain it, and they have, it has to help them. It can't be more work for them. But we, I started kind of doing this through the company with different systems. And I was like, hey, I just did this thing. And then I think even at Penberry, right, all the brands I was in before we were purchased was there were small little companies within the company. And so, you know, like QR tags, I was like, hey, I, I made these QR tags that link to our installation manuals. I went to engineer and I'm like, hey, make these, make a drawing and let's just stick these on our product, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's no committee to decide when you do that. They're like, okay, that, you know, that seems like good. a good idea. Yeah. And so you did that. And so I kind of brought that into, so when Johnson Controls bought us, right, I kind of brought that in that I was just the person who kind of like created this thing or that thing that made something work better or wow. faster or something and it just kind of followed me through and I've, I've been very lucky with that because when I'd hire people or when I interview people I say you know the thing that I really liked about the company was always that if you have an idea that affects another group and you can do something and make that better no one has ever I've never seen anyone say no you know stop doing that thing nice. as long as you're doing your job and the company has always been open to that and I think that that's kind of how I looked at everything so at the beginning, when you were thinking about all these new tools, was it something you kind of did on the side of your r regular job and then just said, oh, okay, we need to do this. I'm going to work more, a little bit extra on it. And then it went from there? Or? Yeah, I mean, so when I started with the um, the quote database that I did, right, that my job was to do quotes. And I mm. was actually, I'd actually signed up for an access like training class that was in a month or whatever. I'm like, well, I'm gonna play around this tool and I need to play with something that's like real and tangible. So I created this quote database. By the time I got to the class, I, I had already done most of the things that that class covered. I, you know, and I, I love learning. Like, I just like, like, I'm just trying to learn 3D modeling software, you know, just like in my yeah. free time. Uh, but I, I kind of enjoy just learning new things, and so I kind of did that. So it was, you know, if I, w if I didn't have a quote to do or I didn't have anything to do, I, I'd go play around in Access and try to learn that and try to, you know, improve that. And then I was like, hey, I did this, guys. Let's, let's implement this. And I mean, I love it. I think there's so much encouragement, you know, for people because, you know, it's important to note, you didn't complain about how things were. <laughs> you weren't like, this is horrible. You know, somebody needs to be doing something about this. You didn't ask for permission. You know, you weren't like, is this going to be fixed? You didn't say, hey, am I going to get paid to do this? Like, it, you just went, you know, I'm just going to dive in and just see what I can do here. And then when you brought up an idea, you didn't go, hey, you should blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You went, hey, I have this thing. I think it's going to help you. I mean, it's so much easier to be receptive to someone, you know, curious and proactive and who's already proven it and, you know, who just really wants to make an impact versus squeak, 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 you know, before they do something or where they want benefit or approval ahead of the project, yeah. you know, and you're just prioritizing. And I love it also that you just put that inside of your identity. I love learning. I like to, you know, move things forward. I like to just, you know, progress in my life and my learnings. And, you know, that's just part of how you do things. I mean, I think that's, I think that alone is like really something that people could learn from because it's not rebellion. You didn't, you didn't go, no, it's I'll show you. It's so broken. I mean, you just wanted to, you know, share what you learned had brought value. It's proactive. Yeah. Yeah. She's just not sitting on her hands. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Getting after it, doing it, solving problems. Exactly. Exactly. So, so fun. Okay, so you had a Trans Am. 
Yes. So do you like to drive fast? And you said, I need to go back to something you said, it changed you. So it, talk yeah. about that. So I, you know, I don't even know what, like, so all through elementary school, through high school, I was very shy, very quiet. Um, and I got this Trans Am and like the car itself was not shy or quiet. It was a very loud car. It, it was very, it was very much a contrast probably to my personality go at, at the time. And so I, I got, I'm trying to think, like I was one year ahead of school because I started in Bangkok when we lived there. And so I was kind of driving like a year after everyone, right? And so then suddenly I have this like hot rod that we're working on and all. It, it was just like completely different. And, and it was, um, it was mostly white. So it was the banded edition, but it had been painted white, but parts of it were still black. So like people were just new my car, like people, you know, going into the mall and stuff like that. And so it just kind of like people would talk about the car and all that. And like, I liked the car and I liked cars in general. And so it kind of energized me, but it definitely made a difference in just my personality uh, and how outgoing I was. So cool. Now, did you find a boyfriend that was a gearhead too? No, I don't think no. I had any boyfriends who were gearheads. No. No. Never? Not with that car? No, I would have thought at yeah. least one. Yeah, <laughs> right? Even if it was the mistake. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> the no. cigarettes rolled up in the sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> no. Oh, that's weird. I never even thought about that. <laughs> You're still like, nope. I know. The car's it. You're, you're breaking you, these barriers. Do you miss working oh. on a car? Or are you like, yeah, that was in my past. I, Check the box. Yeah, I don't miss working on a car. I I remember this is really bad. So I took my car, um, like the lighter where I was using to charge my phone went working. I had to go to the dealership for something. And I'm like, yeah, and the lighter doesn't work. They're like, it's a fuse. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> do it <laughs> you could just take care of that <laughs> you're like I don't have to do that I anymore. tell you the thing that it was hardest to get over and it's this thing where because it was an old car things always smelled like something was burning and then I have to turn the radio down so I could smell whether it was burning I, like there's, a, there's actually some like data about like you know, oh, there's, there's there that. totally is. But I turned the radio down. Like it took me years after I got rid of that car to not think when I smelled burning, it was just my car. Yeah. yeah. It was such a, like, <laughs> yeah. it was almost always my car. <laughs> I owned a trekking company. So that's one of the things is like, if you smell something awkward, you better stop yeah. because something's probably wrong. And you got to figure out what it is before it burns everything down. Yep. You know, talk about it's funny though, because there's also a curse of knowledge. That comes along with that. And sometimes I am happy being under the curse of in your ignorance. And so there are times when we are driving down the highway and he knows a lot about engines and a lot about how things, and especially a lot about large trucks, like 18 wheelers. And he'll be like, that's not strapped down correctly. That tire is about to blow. Can you hear that? That knocking? Yeah. Oh, that is not going to go good. Man, if, if he happens to hit something sideways, he's going to fish, you know, fish tail or, you know, fork, whatever jackknife yeah. and i'm like shh like, i don't just, want to know all these things i don't want to be thinking i'm traveling the highway of death like, yeah, every sometimes. time i pass yeah. <laughs> you know and i mean we fi i finally had to like sometimes i'm like too much too yeah. much you, do you have a fast car now yeah i've got an m4 oh okay it's cool yeah. and stick shift stick yeah. shift <laughs> i love it i actually so the car I sold or I sell, like I traded in my Trans Am for was a Firebird and it was a stick shift, but I couldn't drive a stick. So my Firebird was automatic. And so I had to have a, a friend from work. I'm like, hey, can you go test drive this car? 
because I can't. Like I drove the automatic. I'm like, I like oh, it. Wow. And then I'm like, I don't even know what you're supposed to be looking for, but yes. you should drive it and make sure it like, you know, it's yeah. fun. I don't know. So he went and test drove it. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. And so then I buy the car and I told my now husband, hey, I just bought a car that I can't drive. <laughs> so can you take me over there oh, and boy. teach me how to drive this car? Yes. So he drove it off the lot. We went to like a parking lot and he taught me how to drive a stick. Oh, so fun, oh, fun. man. That is a very humbling experience. Like uh, the cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've driven a stick ever since. I like, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. And I have to, I have to order them special because you don't keep it. But the oh, right. the M4s come in like a stick, and then they have another kind of special transmission. But like the stick is the default, and so. Oh, so cool! I do miss driving a stick shift. My gosh, I mean, up until the point I drove a truck for work out of college, like all my you know my cars in high school and college were all stick shift, and they were. So fun, but I grew up in Georgia and I will never forget um, the first time I had to <laughs> get out of neutral um, on a hill and and it's I'm facing up a hill and this car pulls right up behind me and I mean, it's practically touching my bumper. Like you, yeah. I can barely even see the hood of their car and I'm, I'm barely 16 and my sister's sitting next to me and we are giggling hysterically. Like, I mean, I am chaotically giggling because I know I am about to roll backwards into this car yeah. and get in an accident. Um, I didn't. I mean, I screeched those tires <laughs> like a bad boy, like took out of there up that hill. And I was like, but I tell you what, that moment is like seared into my brain, <laughs> like the stress of, can I do this? Because it just got real. <laughs> That's funny because I remember the first time I was on a hill and it, and it was at the Dallas Galleria, like pulling like off of the highway, kind of into the parking lot. And I was right there. We we're at a light and I couldn't like get in. I was like, oh, this, this is good stuff. I'm like, I hope I could do this. Yes. So. <laughs> I know. All you get pulled over a lot? Not lately. Not lately. <laughs> What's not lately? Hold on a minute. No, I because yeah. there's some in cars. In my Trans Am, it was every quarter. Oh, like yeah. they should just send me a bill every quarter. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I had the Firebird, probably about that. And now, you know, like now I'm a much more sensible. Driver. Now that you're oh, mature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or insurance rate went up. I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm expeditious when I drive, maybe, but you know, yeah, it's much calmer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, so what are you excited about moving forward? I mean, you have so many interesting things that and ways to, you know, hobbies that just spark your interest. But when you look forward, like, what are you thinking? What's next? Like, what are you excited about? Like I said earlier, like 3D modeling, virtual reality, augmented reality, and AI. Like, I've read a bunch about AI lately. I've been playing. I got access to Dolly 2. I was like super excited. We were at the farm in Georgia and I was like, you know, they haven't respond they haven't given me my invite yet. Like get on the wait list. And I was like, I, I haven't seen anything. And so I go search and I got it. And I like we were eating dinner and I'm like, I got my Dolly to invite. And I just got off the table and I left and my sister's <laughs> like, Well, we're not gonna see her the rest of this trip. <laughs> <laughs> so I I just like it's amazing. I've used it to create images and backgrounds for articles and posts and all that. Like it's just it's like really amazing. That is awesome. But, like, I feel like, again, it's like one of those intersections, right? There's, there's, what can you do with AI, you know, 
people are, I'm watching people on Instagram and stuff using it to come up with inspiration for fashion design and stuff. Like it, it's so, it's just everywhere. Like there's so many different things you can do with it. It's, it's just crazy what people are, yeah. are thinking about now that like AI is kind of in people's hands. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's it, so it, great. It's interesting what the next 20 years will bring. Oh yeah. With AI, it's, it's no telling. So what concerns you, you know, like when you think about this technology and that kind of thing, you know, is there, is there a dark side in your mind or anything that you're like, yeah, but we got to watch out for this or we should encourage this, you know, and the kids coming up, you know, because it's a very different world because this is all will be native to future generations. I think that there's definitely a dark side to AI and all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's deep fakes and you know how do you know what's real there's a bunch of that stuff obviously being talked about one thing i read that i thought was really interesting you know talking about like the kids they're growing up knowing how to use this technology but they don't really know how it works mm. right so they're not getting the science background to understand like how it works so that they can do the next thing yeah right uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Like every kid can pick up an iPhone, but most of them could not tell you anything about like the workings of the iPhone or yeah. you know how calls work. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons, again, like I like to do STEM talks and talk to kids about it and all that yeah. is like these people have these jobs, you know, you, you learn the science so that you can do these things. Like using a phone isn't a job, right? Right, like, right. Understanding what you can do using that phone, what's the next step? Like, that's the job I want people to get excited about and, um, you know, create whatever that new thing is. Yeah, exactly. It, it was kind of like uh, video games when I grew up. It's like, oh, they're on the uptick. Like, we're all playing these video games, but we didn't know. If I were a video game developer back then, oh, I mean, look what it would have done for me now. But you don't think of it yeah. that way. You just enjoy, they just use it as a, a commodity, playing soccer or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I used to tell my kids. Get off those video games unless you're going to make money from them. <laughs> like, make money by being good, developing, selling something. Yeah, be productive. It. Learn it, yeah. So where did you do the STEM talks when, because um, you said pre-pandemic, you know, when yeah. you. So I did a couple elementary schools. I, I tell you, I've, I've done tons of presentations to engineers, right, for work and all that. Going into the elementary school was the scariest thing I ever did. Uh, I love I it. I was like, I don't know what to say to them. Like, I don't have children, so I'm like, I don't know what to say to them. What if they just stare at me? And then, like, junior high kids, they're just too cool for anything. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, they're, they're not even, like, acknowledge I'm there. I don't know. Um, so I've done some for, like, in this, um, I can't remember the names of the school right now, but in, like, the Plano and Louisville school districts where like their STEM club, or they have like women and girls in STEM clubs have invited me in to do talks. Um, and usually they want some sort of activity, or especially with the kids. You know, when I was at Titus, I'd bring in like the VR headset and all that. Yes. And they get to play with it, and they'd be like, oh, you know, my dad has one or whatever. And I'm like, but you know, you could actually get a job doing this, like developing yeah. it, right? And, yes. and I think that's not something they think of. Like they think of playing with it, but mm -hmm. like the idea that they could just create it. And so, you know, I, that's kind of the thing I take out there. I, I was working, or not working, I was at a um, high school in Plano, and I brought, like, NFC tags. And I'm like, you know, for, like, a quarter, you can get NFC tags. You can use your phone, program stuff into it, and I can just tap my phone and start my egg timer or turn on my lights, you know. And so it, 
I want them to kind of start thinking how these things connect. Like I can tap my phone onto an NFC tag that I have in my garage, which calls out a website and that website turns on lights in my house. Amazing. And right. they can build that. And they can and do that. And you're showing them. For like right a here quarter, in front of you. Right. Wow. So is your home just totally teched out? My home is super automated. I mean, we have, yeah. we have a lot of lights, um, our fans, and we tell Alexa like she does everything for us. I'm yeah. very nice to Alexa in case Alexa takes over someday <laughs> because she controls everything in my house. Yeah, we just moved recently, and um, we have the Nest thermostat, blah, blah, blah. It's on my phone. Oh, I'm catching so much hell for this because I, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, it, it shows that I'm not there. So it raises the temperature. It it's 102. Now, I said all the settings. It's inner control freak. Well, <laughs> like he's done a good job. Like that is not usually your MO, but he's like, oh, I'm not home. I'm just going to crank that yeah. AC up. Like yeah. nobody needs to be on that floor right now. I'm just going to yeah. like. <laughs> One of my sons is like, you've got to quit doing that. Get it off of that setting. Every time you leave, all of a sudden we'll be sitting there and just start sweating. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it myself. <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's great. Like yeah. we turn our thermostat up, our fans on and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, again, kind of going back to my industry. I can do that at home with a bunch of $25 bulbs, some NFC tags, all that. Like, we are going to get as a society to the point where you're like, if I can do this at home, why do I have to go hit a switch in my office? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I think we're going to move that way one way or another. And um, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. I agree. I've been looking around here going, oh boy, there's a lot of updating that needs to be done. (laughs) (laughs) But progress is progress. You know, you can't fight it, you know, but you can think about, okay, what's, what's the real space it should occupy and like, how does it make sense and how do you invite people into it versus it just being this intimidating capital C change that's happening to us instead of being directed by us. So I think that's really cool. So what advice would you give to people? Like, I mean, it can be anything. But, you know, it's been a crazy couple of years and things keep changing. And, you know, especially since you've got such a unique point of view on science and technology, what advice or encouragement would you give to people nowadays? I mean, I, you know, I think my thing is, is just keep learning always. Like if for, for various reasons, you know, as you get older, they've shown that the more you learn, the more, you know, the, the better your memory is when you're older, all those things. I, I just think like there's so much in the world. Yes. Right. You just keep learning. There, there's always something new to learn. Yes. Yeah. I think people lose their sense of curiosity. You know, I mean, like you can just wear it out of yourself and it's important to find it because it's always there, but you just have to decide to embrace it again. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. Awesome. So you like to create a lot of your own content and you do a lot of self-learning through different avenues. So who do you follow? Who, who intrigues you? Nice. I, I follow so many science communicators. Like right now, my TikTok feed is just astronomy because the um, James Webb Telescope, I followed a bunch uh, of stuff, and now it's just like astronomy all day long. Astronomy yeah. and dogs, it's my feed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's just a ton of um, science creators, and, and some of them are small, and I just like what they do. Um, and it, it also... It, you get to kind of talk with them in social media. And that's one thing I think mm. a lot of people don't think of. They think of social media as like I'm posting pictures of my food for strangers or whatever. But I've had a lot of friends who I've never met in person on social media that you talk to, you have conversations with. I, I remember years ago, one of them died of a heart attack. And like 
and it showed up in my feed kind of like someone had said, you know, RIP. And, and I was like, that can't be. And like, I would like, I had to close my office door for a minute wow. because like yeah. this person I never met in person had passed. And I was like, ah, oh, like, I just can't believe that. Yeah. 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 Like, wow. like they're real relationships. Exactly. Yeah. The other day I got a question from somebody um, and they were asking, you know, our company is trying this initiative to validate or attribute the impact that social media has on our sales, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you have any thoughts about it? Because it's really difficult. And I said, well, it's really difficult <laughs> to do what you're trying to do. But my whole point without going into the deep explanation and blah, blah, tactical boringness was social media is social it's a social construct. Like, yes, it's in technology and yes, you can attribute some numbers of impressions or conversions and engagements to it, but it is social and that's why it's constantly changing and there are real relationships. And so if you want followers, you have to be a follower. If you want people to comment, you have to comment. If you want people to pay attention to you, you have to create something that's actually worthy of being paid attention to. You know, yeah. like think about talking to human beings. That's what your social media is to be like. Well, that, that, that's like an awesome point though, because when I first got into social media, it was like 2009. Like, like I'm kind of bleeding edge. I love jumping into these things and so I don't work and you move on. But, you know, and people in the company were like, oh, you know, what if you say something and they talk back? And I'm like, no, that's that's the point. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if they say something that I don't like, then you do some damage control, right? You you address it because guess what? They're saying it anyway. You might as well be a and part of the may conversation, not know or you're not there. But yes. right, these things are happening. Like you you want to be in the conversation. I and then as I kind of went through the you know back to Titus and all that. You know, we were trying to be careful about what we said and all that. But I was like, you know, the thing is, this this idea that social media is, it's just another way of communicating, right? You can't be like, quantify your cell phone. Like, how many sales does that bring in, right? It's just another way of communicating. Yes. And people are expecting it now, right? So maybe the current generation of leaders and companies think it's just like this thing, it's a marketing thing or whatever. But there, like, there are plenty of times where I'm like, I need to know if Whole Foods has this thing, I just tweet it to Whole Foods. Yes. Right? And I expect an answer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> especially for big, big brands. I right? think it's very funny and very fun too because especially the people that do it well. Oh my gosh. I'm not on Twitter very much, but I love to occasionally engage with like a Wendy's. Yeah. Because they are so brilliant and you never know what's going to come out of their social mouth. Like it is hilarious. And they you're will like, answer I just do that almost all the time. Okay. See, Almost all the time. It's absolutely I've amazing. removed myself from social media. And I'm like, I thought about getting back into it recently. We talked about this last week yeah. just briefly. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so where's the balance at? Because I noticed I'm just going to keep spending way too much time on unimportant things if I get saturated in this social media carousel. Yeah. And, um, so what's your day look like since you're so active on social media? Yeah, good question. You know, it's, um, so I do it for the company, obviously. So I, yeah. I want to, I schedule posts for the company. So I make sure there's kind of some content coming um, or tie it to days or, you know, it's national whatever day and stuff like that. And then I, I kind of look, so Norman Wright was not big on social before 
before. So there's not like a ton of interaction there. But for me personally, I still I do get that. And I check all my feeds and, you know, if did people comment to me or like, you know, the first thing in the morning, I probably on TikTok, you know, people ask questions, so I can answer their question. And it also gives me like ideas for more content. So if someone asks a good question, I'm like, that's right. another video. Cause there are days like that whole last week, I was like, I don't know what to talk about. Yes. And so it, like I can make videos and build content off of that, but then you answer people's question and help them out. But there've been plenty of times that I'm on social media, like, Hey, has anyone seen a paper about this topic? And then some random person who has been waiting to share their paper is like, here's a paper I did. That's oh, awesome. Wow. That's awesome. That yeah. is so. awesome. And that's how it's yeah. supposed to work. Like that is the best you know, like yeah. the collision of two people that are thinking yeah. along the same lines. That's amazing. So do you follow Elon Musk or do you like him or what's, I, know, I, there's I like, like the stuff he does. I like his companies and stuff. I, I don't know about him always. I know that's, <laughs> there's two sides right now. I, yeah. He's really creating a um, separation. Yeah. It seems like, and you're like, all right, are you on this side or not? Now you have to be careful what you say. Yeah. <laughs> I know everybody. Everybody once they get a big enough microphone well, starts to get yeah. very interesting. Yeah. All of a sudden, you start questioning. So, what's your real goal in this? Like what's your, your agenda? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Instead of just innovative thinking, it seems more than that. Yeah, you know, and I, I find that I like when I see something because you can definitely get into that thing where everything in your feed is your opinion. Like, yes, it's just being uh, said yeah. back to you. And so I, I always look at stuff. I look at the sources always, right? It, or if I if something is really interesting, I go and Google it. And like, is this is this like one study? Is it a hundred studies? Yeah. Is it this guy's yeah, yeah, opinion? Yeah. Is it his yeah. just his website? You know, and you do have to be careful with stuff like that. But I just try to, you know, I try especially on TikTok. Like I really, my audience may not be kids exactly, but it's for parents for kids, right? And so I, I'm not political on it. I mean, I may go like things that are, you know, that, that I agree with of the content that's served up to me. But, like, I, I, I just want people to, I hope that they'll go and look at something and be like, that's really interesting. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole and, and look at that up. Yeah. I'm the same way, you know. I mean, of course I have opinions, but I don't really think... I am entitled to force them down the world's throat, you know, and also I'm very glad that I'm just one person and that I don't have the responsibility of pushing the button or pulling the lever or making the change or driving people crazy. So, you know, I mean, like there's some protection, I suppose, you know, in like being in the middle, like if one of the masses, but I also believe that we are more similar then we are different. And I think social media and just all communication tools can amplify the differences, but it's also what you decide, right? Because like my feeds are probably a lot more Pollyanna than other people because I won't click on that stuff. And, you know, I mean, I decide to your point about to get political information, not on social media. So I won't click on any of it because of how the algorithms, you know, how we now know the algorithms will just feed you whatever is the clickbait that they think is going to get you addicted to their stuff. So, but it's, but you know, when you think about human, just being a human, like the human experience in general, you know, I mean, people want to learn, people want to find their potential. Like they want to have good relationships. Like we don't like to feel alone, which is why social media works. You know, I mean, we want to give and make an impact and it doesn't have to be a million different things. Those few big core fundamental pieces 
make us all very similar, you know, and then we just scamper down the difference pathway. But, you know, I mean, like more, more voices talking about follow your curiosity and, you know, share that and investigate and learn. I mean, that's powerful stuff because it is what knits us together. So I think that's amazing. Jenny, where can people find you if they want to follow you on social media or keep track of what you're up to? So I'm Jenny Geeks Out on almost everything. I think it may also be everything now. I don't know. Actually, Twitter, I am Jenny Civvy. Everywhere else, I'm Jenny Geeks Out. Awesome. And we will have all of your links in the show notes and all of that other stuff. So thank you so much. This was so fun. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Onward and upward. If you enjoyed this episode of the Corporate Caffeine Podcast, please help us help you by subscribing. I also hope you'll find us on social media. You can follow me, Dacia Coffee, and my company, The Marketing Blender, by searching us on your favorite platform or checking out the show notes for the links. We bring this to you because we envision a business world full of meaning, connection, and prosperity for us all. Until next time, onward and upward.